Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Twelve weeks ago, on March 14, we began exclusive online services. And here are some things that I said that first week that I think are applicable still for us 12 weeks later. Because of our concern for one another, we are foregoing our regular assembly. I hope that you are sitting somewhere comfortable, maybe with family or some friends. Relieved of all your normal Sabbath responsibilities that you might have normally, you can be still and know God and be able to rest in your Father's care. I hope last evening, as Sabbath came to wherever you are, that that you were able to sort of just let it happen and enjoy that time of rest. Uh, as part of my Sabbath practice, I go TV-less, and so it's a great relief to not have to watch the news and hear the constant stream about what's going on in our world, and to be able to just, again, rest in our Father's care. One of my dad's favorite songs was Day by Day, and in the second verse, it says this, the protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he lay. As thy days, thy strength shall be in measure. This the pledge that to me he made. God cares about each of us. Despite the virus, God is still in charge, and he is in and our confidence and our hope and our stability is all in him. Jesus invites us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, you're tired, you're worn out, you're exhausted, and I will give you rest. These words are ever true. Before the virus, during this time, and all the way till when God completes the work that he has begun in you when we arrive at the second coming, he's with us, he cares for us, God's on our side. Let's pray. Father, right now I pray for the Holy Spirit to invade the whole life church family wherever they are. Though we are physically separated in this time of crisis, may you create in each of us a sense of connectedness, togetherness, unity, and our mutual connection with you, and your seeking of connection with us. May this time of worshiping at a distance remind us of the great gift we easily take for granted of the joy and privilege of life together. May we be inspired from this gap and direct fellowship to both seek it and commit more to it going forward. And now from your word to us in Paul's letter to the Colossians, remind us of the importance of prayer and how to best introduce others to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, today is the last in our series of messages from Paul's letter to the Colossians. And so I want to give a little review of what we've learned as we've gone through this book. Paul reminds followers of Jesus Christ everywhere of what God has done. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom, got us out of the pit we were in, and forgave our sins. This, in essence, is the gospel story. God's great kindness towards us sinners. And and Paul reminds us of this in this book. He purchased our freedom and he has 
what all that he has done for us. We talked together about remembering our own stories that one of those weeks about how when we first heard the gospel, the good news of God's great kindness towards sinners, how when we believed that, it created a lightness in us that we almost felt like we were walking on air. It was an exciting moment. And then we remembered also that it wasn't long after that, that whether we did it to ourselves or some well-meaning saint did it to us, they came along like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus bucket of righteousness for you is a really great thing, but it's not quite complete unless you add something of your own doing to it. And all of a sudden, that spirit, that feeling of lightness of walking on air uh, left us, may have vanished. And when we tried to add something to Jesus' completed work on our behalf, we discovered that all we did was slosh some Jesus out of our bucket. The second week, we recognized the beautiful truth that Jesus has reconciled everything in heaven and on earth to the Father by his blood on the cross. And this includes you and me. Uh, Getting right with God isn't our work. In Christ, we are right with God because God, quite apart from anything that we did or are doing or will ever accomplish, God, through Christ, has reconciled all things to himself. Here's what God says through Paul in verse 22 of chapter 1 in Colossians. As a result, he has brought you into his very presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. All of our perfection, all of our perfection is in Christ. Life becomes increasingly complex and and harder, if you will, but it also becomes better and better. And and the reality is that our eyes haven't seen, our ears haven't heard, never even has entered into our imagination what God has in store for us in the future. The God of scriptures, the God that we discover as we read the Bible, always invites, always calls to us from the future, from the future, to come toward that nostalgia and a longing for the way things always used to be demonstrates a fear factor, not a faith factor. And this is a message that we need to hear right now because we're tempted in these days of disequilibrium to, to long for the way it used to be, the way it was. But God says, no, he may choose to remember something, but he wants to pull us and draw us into a better future. It's always being, we're always being called to the future. The third week in the, of this series, we learned the value of suffering. I said something like a pandemic arrives at our doors and all of our hopes and all of our plans and all of our confidence and our, and the, our idol gods of self-sufficiency uh, they're, they're all just come crashing down. And, and maybe, maybe as a result of going through a crisis like this, it may cause us to, to think more deeply and turn our lives toward the real God, not, not ourselves. And we shift from focus on suffering uh, and the, the suffering to, instead of just suffering, we, we actually become agonizing in prayer for others that they might come to know the, God's great kindness towards us sinners. So suffering can come to us, but, but our suffering changes as we choose to agonize for others. Because of what God has done for us in Christ, we discovered the fourth week that we get to live in freedom from the rules. Uh, rules and following rules can never, 
never get us right with God. We, we gravitate toward rules because we believe that somehow if we can just follow them well enough, if we can line our lives up with what God's decrees are, that we can somehow become worthy of God. Scripture is clear that following the law, following the rules, can never set us right with God. Uh, they can never set us right. That is something that he had to do. The rules are simply to remind us of the distance between us and God. It calls to us, we look at our, the rules and we realize the gap that we don't obey them quite like we should sometimes. And all of a sudden we recognize our need for God and his grace. All we need is Jesus. He is all sufficient. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were reminded that how we are to live in the world as people, not held captive by rules, but at the same time, we have died to our old ways, our old life in Christ, and we have been resurrected into new life in Christ, hidden, our lives hidden in him. Uh, and, we, and when we mess up, which we will, and when we drop balls and when we, we uh, disobey or we go the wrong way, we don't throw in the towel. We don't beat ourselves up. Instead, when we recognize we've stepped away from God's ideal for us, we simply turn back to Jesus. He is the one we turn to. We must remember the little quotation from Steps to Christ that I read that week. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus uh, because of our shortcomings and mistakes. But we are not to be discouraged. Even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off, not forsaken and rejected of God. Why is this so? Why wouldn't the God of the universe, when we, when we mess up, why wouldn't he reject us and push us away? Because we are not saved by our good works and our obedience, and we are not lost by our bad works and our disobedience. Our salvation is the work of God himself. Christ has reconciled all things to himself. Last week, we were struck by our, the ignorance that can be ours in our 21st century understanding of things, that to our ears, we'll, we'll pick up a verse of scripture, read some words in the Bible, and they'll sound sort of shameful and, and repressive to us. But if we had first century ears, we would hear that those same words were amazingly progressive, pulling people toward God's ideal for his children. With a proper understanding, we could see that God calls his followers to treat others, wives, Husbands, children, parents, slaves, masters, everyone better than themselves. That we are called as followers of Christ to treat others better than ourselves because God loves everyone, loves everyone. He's impartial and Christians are called to an ever enlarging circle of the collective we. Just keep making the circle larger, draw the lines out further. Tear down the walls of us and them in order to make the world a better place for us all. Well, today we turn to the last four verses of teaching content in the book of Colossians. After these four verses, Paul talks about his friends and who's coming to see who and, and, and all these different greetings. But these are the last four teaching verses in the book. Chapter, two, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer. The word translated devote is a, is a strong word. 
It, it means persistent, perseverance, constant vigilance uh, to pursue, to be diligent. In fact, Eugene Peterson in the message paraphrases it, pray diligently. The New Living Translation, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. The NIV, devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful. Now, I don't ask this next question to condemn any of us, but only to awaken and motivate. What grade would you give yourself on diligence and devotion to prayer with watchfulness and thankfulness? It's always interesting when we devote ourselves to prayer, the subject matter of our prayers. If you're curious whether your prayers are self-centered, I got a little experiment for you to try. Just try writing out your prayers, just like you would write a letter to someone, talk to God on paper for three or four days, and, and then after you've sort of gotten in that habit, the next day you decide, write a prayer and never mention yourself. It'll be quite revealing to see where our minds so naturally turn. Paul seems to have one primary focus for our prayers. While he invites and pray for us too, his request for prayer was not in any way self-focused. He says this, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And remember to pray for us too, that God will open a door and give us many opportunities to preach the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ as plain as day to them. (laughs) I've been in a lot of prayer meetings over the years. I've heard thousands of prayer requests, but I can't recall hearing a request of this variety ever. Uh, The requests are more like, give us a safe trip, or, or, or bless the food, or Aunt Sally's upcoming surgery, or Uncle Bill's addiction to tobacco, or the, the, the good weather for the picnic this afternoon. Opportunities, praying for opportunities to share the mystery of Christ, his great kindness towards us sinners, and to do so clearly, never has made the list when I've been listening for prayer requests. In just a few minutes following this message, we're going to uh, share in what we've come to call a communion service. It's the, commu- it's the common table, the common mission to serve. But it is the Lord's table, and it is the Lord's supper. Our, our community, our, our, our communion with one another is solely based on what Christ has done to both of us. That's why we have community. That's why we have communion. He has saved both of us, and that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. It's something we, we make. It isn't something we make happen. It is truly God's mysterious work, but we get to help. His counsel might, might turn abusive evangelism into a more winsome kind as we try to love people into a lifelong friendship with God. It says this, live wisely among those who are not Christian. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective. Uh, The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation. And if you are gracious, you will know how to answer everyone. Our efforts to have others join, join us with us in 
the common, wonderful community of followers of Jesus Christ, to love people into that lifelong friendship with God, Paul seems to imply, is not so much about us telling them stuff, but it's really about graciously engaging in conversation so that they can we can hear their questions that they are longing to find answers for, and we can do that in a respectful, effective, and gracious conversation. Paul's excited. Paul's excited about the fellowship, the communion of the saints at Colossae, in Orlando, or wherever you might be. He wants us to realize that who we are in Christ, not beat ourselves up, love one another, and carefully invite others into our community. In the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, we celebrate the communion service normally at the end of each quarter. In a way, um, in the way Jesus instituted this service, he, he modeled that all are welcomed at the table. That night, even Judas, who would betray him, Peter, who would deny him, and the other 10 disciples who would all desert him and run away were gathered at the table. Uh, No one deserved to be there, but all were invited. At church, when we celebrate this service, we, in preparation, we participate in Jesus' institution of the washing of feet, uh, a symbol of humility and turning away from selfishness and self-serving and self-righteousness. You may want to practice that uh, at your group, wherever you are right now, to wash each other's feet. If you're not prepared to do that, you might want to at least take some time after service to to talk about the meaning of serving each other in that way. And then we celebrate our Lord's work on our behalf, recognizing his broken body and his shed blood for us and his call for us to join him and give our lives as a ransom for many. So now I invite you, come to the table of the Lord. Hi, this is Randy McGray podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.